Lord God, we thank you for Gary. We thank you, Lord. Um, ah, the, your word says that your eyes roam to or fro upon the earth, looking for those whose hearts are fully yours. And Lord, I believe Gary's one of those guys whose heart has always been fully yours. And um, Lord, I just thank you for him. And we just, Lord, I believe um, this morning that you've got a great word to give us through Gary. So Lord, we pray that we'd position ourselves to receive your word to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Andrew. Well, what a great weekend for those who've been involved in the, uh, the session starting yesterday and which continue on this afternoon. It's a, it's a key or a pivotal moment for a lot of people and indeed probably for all of us. So uh, I'm privileged to be contributing something to this whole idea. Can I get a glass of water? I'm dry already. That's not good, is it? Oh, that's from all my wonderful singing. That's right. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, for those who may be joining in with us today, who might be in the room or may be watching online, who haven't been here before, my name's Gary. Uh, hello, I'm Gary and I'm a, a sin addict. Hey? And um, I'm a lot of you, I'm, yeah, I'm a recovering sinner. That's probably a better way to put it, isn't it, you know? Oh, what a great start, eh? But I've been serious about living my life as a follower of Jesus of Nazareth since I was about 24. For some time now, I've described myself as a passionate but imperfect follower of Jesus. You okay with that? He's my foundation for life. He's my rock, my redeemer, my supreme example. So there's no bones about that. I don't apologise for that. Uh, and coincidentally... This is the Holy Spirit weekend, right? Coincidentally, this Friday, the 26th of November, it'll be 46 years since Judith and I went to a meeting specifically to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Coincidence? Probably not. It was just a few months later, um, we packed up our daughter Kim and our goods and chattels and headed off to the Salvation Army Training College at Petersham in Sydney. And that was our preparation for a life of being Salvo officers. What a way to start, eh? I recently was listening to a debate online between a Canadian clinical psychologist known as Jordan Peterson. Some people might know the name. A bit controversial, but it makes a lot of sense. And he was uh, having a debate with a couple of blokes who disagreed with his stance on spiritual values. And in that exchange, one of his critics referred to him as a Jesus smuggler. And I thought that even though it was meant disparagingly, Oddly enough, it is probably an accurate description of what many Christians aspire to be. Wouldn't you agree? You get into conversation, and it's not just about the weather. You want to bring Jesus into it somewhere, so you're a Jesus smuggler. Yeah. We're all supposed to be normal people. Well, Christians despised, disguised as normal people. Well, good luck with that. Get a look. Get look. Yeah, right here. Hey, listen, let's read the word, eh? Uh, I'm going to go into Acts 1 and verse 8. The book of Acts is written by Luke. And uh, he's about to go back to heaven. And they're asking dumb questions, right? As we all tend to do so easily in the presence of God. And then we listen. We just listen. I think it was Mother Teresa who said, someone asked Mother Teresa, what do you do when you're praying? She said, I listen. Oh, and, and what does God say to you? She said, he listens. That's deep, eh? 
Anyway, so instead of asking dumb questions, um, they started to listen to Jesus. And he said, you will receive power from the Holy Spirit when he comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me, Jesus, everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth, even Australia. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. So they're standing there going, well, oh, what do we do now? A couple of angels basically said, he's gone back to heaven. What are you staring into space for? Get back and do what he said. Because he said, wait. How long do you think you'd have to wait for this promise? And you're not sure what it's going to look like, what it'll sound like, what's going to feel like. And so it's just as on the day of Pentecost. This is 10 days after he returned, right? 10 days of the 50 days leading up to Pentecost. So 10 days of waiting, praying, fasting, singing praises. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house from where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Wow. So suddenly it was tangible. Oh, holy water. There you go. At that time there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, they all came running and were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. So these are Jews who moved out. They've moved away from Jerusalem, away from Israel, and they're living in other countries, and they learn those languages. So they come back here, and suddenly here's this bunch of 120 crazy people who follow Jesus, speaking the languages of all these other nations. And there's a couple of things that was going on here. One, it was saying the gospel... The news about Jesus is universal. It's not restricted to where, what your people group is or where you belong or what language you speak. But there's also another significance which we'll come to later. So this is the scripture, the account of when the Holy Spirit was poured out. Last week, we sat and listened to Chris Edwards opening up the scriptures on the work of God's Spirit. And he said this, the presence of God's spirit in the Old Testament was occasional, sporadic, and temporary. Remember saying that, Chris? And that's true. The Holy Spirit came upon people, certain people, they did amazing things, and that was it. But now you've got this experience, this new season, when people who are a part of God's kingdom received the Holy Spirit in all fullness now, friends, I have to stand here and give credit where credit is due. The Salvation Army is the cradle where my experience of Jesus was birthed. For all its um, foibles and faults and good points, bad points and whatever, this is where I was placed. And according to the Salvation Army statement of beliefs, and if you know it, you want to say it with me, we believe that there are three persons in the Godhead. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, undivided in essence and co-equal in power and glory. Co-equal in power and glory. So we're not talking about a super God or a super version of God. We're talking about God in all his fullness 
and let's just open this up a little bit and see what we're on about. The Holy Spirit is not, he's, he's a person, not an influence or a feeling. He's more than a feeling. There you go. First quote for the day. Probably the only one. Jesus, yeah, yeah. Jesus, during his last days on earth, had a lot to say about the one who would replace him when he returned to heaven. In fact, he said, I've got to go now, but you won't be left like orphans. When I leave, the Father will send the Comforter. He also said to his closest followers, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the promised presence. When that person arrives, you will receive power. We just read that. That's the scriptures. So if the Holy Spirit, fully God, is now the continuing presence of God in our world, where is he? Or she, if the term he is offensive to you at this stage in your development. Actually, the God we serve is not limited by our gender-specific language, is he? Amen. But the reality is that this powerful creator we are trying to serve was revealed to the human race in the person of Jesus, who was a bloke. Yes. So we talk him, her, him, his, etc. Not saying God is gender-specific. Please, let's put that to rest. We can't put this limitless, awesome creator God in a box for a start, eh? So as much as I might say today and try to give some seed thoughts out there about the Holy Spirit, you can't put him in a box. No mere human can dumb it down in the cause of understanding Yahweh, El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh. In fact, the name of God was unutterable to the Jew. They weren't allowed to utter it. But now we have access to this Holy One because Yahweh chose to reduce his form down to an embryo in the womb of a very young Jewish girl and he became a baby boy, then a child, then a man, so we might understand what this loving God is like. Now, during lockdown, I got out an old Rubik's Cube. Right? Remember Rubik's Cube? You're all too young. You're all too young. Wrong audience. Rubik's Cube, courtesy of a few kids, basically, on YouTube, can be reduced down to a few algorithms. So you sit there and you follow their algorithms and bingo, you can solve it most of the time. It still frustrates me at times if I'm trying to relax and I'm doing that. Dumb it down all you like, I can still scratch my head and give up for a while and they go, I'll try it another day. But God himself became a mere mortal. And that certainly wasn't dumb. It wasn't a dumbing down of God. It was the most spectacular, universe-changing, sin-destroying, Satan-kicking, God-revealing, joyful, powerful, loving event in the history of this planet. Would you agree? Yep. But he left when his frame, his human frame, was about 33 years old, we believe, and in John 15 and 16, he's recorded referring to the Spirit as the advocate yes. and the Spirit of truth. Yes. He's basically saying to his, his mates there, he said, it's better that I go. The helper will reveal and will prove truth and judgment and will bring glory to me. That's the role, that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit being here on this planet in the hearts of believers. It's to glorify Jesus. No other reason not to put on a show, not to be spectacular. 
And the scriptures tell us clearly, clearly that Christ in us is our hope of glory. Oh, I'm a bit worried. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So how can this literal person we believe in, the one who was born in Bethlehem, spent time as a refugee in Egypt, then grew up in a little town called Nazareth, be in the heart of every single believer at the same time? Cue the whiteboard. Now, I don't want to get people's feelings hurt or get anyone offside, but that's you. And... Um, well, yeah, it's also me. And there's a little bit here. That's for all the thin skin. That's for all the thin skin people, right? It's a bit bottom heavy, but I'm not going there. Okay. And so when we believe in Jesus, we receive Jesus. That's a, a spiritual umbilical cord, okay? Thank you, Sandy. Spiritual, uh, blue for royalty, okay. I was going to get purple. I haven't got a purple pen, so stuff it. Blue will, blue will do. And so we'll, oh, oh, so much, oh, I've insulted the blue now. Look at that. It's not going to work. Then. Okay, just imagine that's filled with the blue. And there you've got a cross in the middle. Anyone here believe Jesus is king? Yeah. Okay. You believe in his kingdom. You're a part of his kingdom. So there he is. So from that moment, that's rough as bags, but it'll do. <clears throat> I'll just cut a bit of the cross off there. So that's better. So people who follow Jesus have the Holy Spirit living within them. The psalmist wrote many, many years ago, he said, deep is calling unto deep. Amen. Friends, the reality is we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience, right? We belong with the Father. We were created in his image. We were created as spirit beings. And uh, that got messed up pretty quickly. And so within us, we have this spiritual area. Let me put some names up here. Obviously, the outer shell is the... Wow. No minties or any, no gifts, but yes, that's correct. Our body, the outer man or woman, the outer person, if you're offended, the body. And then in here, we have the soul. Because we're more than just a body, we have feelings, we have emotions, we're able to think and the brain that's a part of the body gets us thinking. And that's all the soulish area there. But in deep in here, it's called, this is called the human trichotomy. Tri means three, right? Now there's a word you can take out, trichotomy. So you can, next time you're talking to your mate or your friends, you can say, you know, actually, I'm a trichotomy. Really, I thought you were a try-hard, but not a trichotomy. <laughs> so body, soul and spirit is how we are created. And like I said, the spirit is messed up, totally stuffed up by sin. But from that point on, when you and I accepted Jesus as Saviour and Lord, 
His presence in our life is both the seed of God, the seed of God and the source of life-changing, community-changing power, world-changing power. Nicky Gumbel, if you've seen, you probably saw this yesterday, he used the analogy of the gas oven. Have you seen that one yet? Maybe it's this afternoon. I might, I might be giving something away here. Any, about the oven. All right, Nicky Gumbel used the analogy of a gas oven in his kitchen. He said, the pilot light is always on. So it's working. The pilot light is always on. But when that pilot light sets the oven alight, suddenly it's that, <laughs> right? Sense of power at work, giving warmth and heat and power. So that's another simple way, a dumbing down of what's going on when the Holy Spirit wants more than just residing in your inner being. There's a lot more. We cry out for more. Well, we've got all that we're going to get of the Holy Spirit. It is completely, he is completely God. Remember what we said, the Trinity, they're all co-equal in power and glory. Fully God in here. The power of the Holy Spirit that achieves good things in and through us is here to make the presence of Jesus very real in how we live life and do close relationships and casual relationships and mix with others in our network of contacts in the wider community. Everyone we meet should get a taste of Jesus when we're operating under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Correct? You should be able to walk away and they think, man, there was something special about that person and I feel better for having talked to them. People need to get a whiff of Jesus. That's what the country needs, doesn't it? Australia needs the radical, transforming presence of Jesus. Okay, now, all sorts of terms are used to describe this experience of the Holy Spirit. But I want to introduce you to one which I got, because it's not an original one, from a fellow called Watchman Nee. His, name, his Chinese name was Ni Tuosheng. He was a Chinese Christian born in 1903 and died in jail in 1972. He had a powerful ministry, including writing over 80 books. The most popular, the ones that most people know, are The Spiritual Man, Sit, Walk, Stand, uh, The Natural Christian Life, and this one called The Release of the Spirit. Just back up, let me tell you about his last 20 years. The communist government imprisoned him for preaching the gospel. He was persecuted. Finally, he died there for preaching the gospel. When he died, his body was cremated by the guards and the ashes disposed of before his family arrived. Well, there are probably people in COVID who've grappled with this one. Couldn't be at someone's funeral, right? So they turn up. Oh, yeah, he's gone. He's dead. Here's his ashes. And one guard hands them a piece of paper and says, this was under his pillow in his cell. And it was written in a shaky hand with some sort of pencil. And it said this. Get this. This is his last will and testament, if you like. 
he says this, Christ is the son of God who died for the redemption of sinners and resurrected after three days. This is the greatest truth in the universe. I die because of my belief in Christ. Watchman Nee. How cool is that? As I said, one of his books was entitled The Release of the Spirit. You can Google this and find it. And you'll also find a whole lot of fantastic quotes by this giant of the Christian kingdom. With all these different expressions used to describe the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, e.g., as Jesus said, you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Um, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. We can say we were filled by the Holy Spirit. We're being sanctified. If you go back to Wesleyan holiness and the Salvation Army traditional holiness teaching, sanctification, the blessing of holiness. But I believe this phrase I want to use today is particularly helpful. So like I said, we essentially, because I wrote it down here and I've already said it, don't you love the way you stick to your notes, eh? We are essentially spirit beings, not just flesh, blood, bones and minds moulded by our DNA choices and experiences, but we have, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. We belong to God, we were created in his image, but sin alienated us from him and Jesus fixed that, didn't he? But there's more. God is not content to just fill this void. So if my blue pen is going to work for me. They waited for up to 10 days. Waiting for more. But Jesus had already said, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Remember that? They had already received the Holy Spirit. He was indwelling them. You can't be a follower of Jesus and not have the Holy Spirit. He's living in this previously void, dead centre, this dead heart. Hat tip to midnight oil. <laughs> dead heart. What we need is a release of the spirit straight through the soul. That's the term that Watchman Nee was getting at. This was the principle, the idea, the concept that he was alluding to when he talked about the release of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to get more of the Holy Spirit, but when we want to see more of the Holy Spirit, he's coming from where? Huh? Where is he? Within our heart. He's already there. So don't say, say Lord... Give me more of your Holy Spirit. He's going, duh. Does God say duh? Well, he probably would like to with some of us, I'm sure. Yeah. I've given you the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit within your heart. This is not Old Testament days when you sort of get it and then it goes and comes back and goes. And, uh-uh. The Holy Spirit has been given in all of his greatness to glorify Jesus and to give us power to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone we meet in whatever way, shape or form becomes appropriate. So friends, this is it. When we're talking about the Holy Spirit, remember this. The Holy Spirit 
if we are a believer, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the Lord and Saviour of the world, put your hand up if you do. Okay, the room is full of people who have the Holy Spirit within us. What a humbling thought. And when we gather together and the Holy Spirit is released, stuff happens. Correct? If you're all just going to sit there and go, oh, wait to be entertained, I might learn something. Uh-uh. You're out of line. What God is saying is, look, the solution, the power, the opportunity is within you. And this is not new age stuff. I'm talking about God has already done a miracle of putting his spirit inside your being, inside our imperfect bodies, bony, overweight, underweight, scratchy, whatever, weird, too hairy, not hairy enough, whatever. Who cares? Inside, deeper than the mind and all these emotions that dictate how we live, if we let them, the answer is to, as Romans 12 says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Uh Uh-huh. Be renewed. That's an ongoing work. I can tell you, I can stand here and testify. The transforming work of the Holy Spirit in reshaping my mind is still going on. I'm a man under construction. And hopefully I'll get to pretty close to 100% before I cark it. Chances are I won't. It goes on and on. Anyone else going to identify with it? Transformation of the mind goes on and on and on. And also in Romans 12, it says, what, what about the body? That's the drawback, isn't it? What about the body? It says, submit your bodies, therefore, as a living sacrifice. So that's not a problem either. And before we conclude and sing a song together and sing it with a new approach, a new way of thinking perhaps, let me say this. Why do you think suddenly God gave them new languages? And I know it's significant that it's a universal gospel. Why this thing? And I thought about this on occasion, and I thought, what's the hardest part of the body to control? I think it's in James, isn't it? The, to- the tongue is a world of iniquity, a fire that sets, you know, it sets the world on fire if it's, done, if it's used inappropriately. And I'm saying today, friends, if the Holy Spirit has got a hold of your tongue, he's probably got a hold of your whole body. Because you can go, yep, I'll, I'll take these feet, I'll walk somewhere, I'll take, you give, here's my hands. There's an old uh, Salvation Army song, take my feet and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my hands, whatever. All, <laughs> all these different, I've forgotten it already. But there are all these verses in this, in this song that are saying, here's all my stuff. Use it. But on this particular occasion, the first time when the Holy Spirit was given or released, should I say, from within the hearts of believers, it was the tongue which is the most difficult to control that God took a hold of. And what an amazing miracle. New languages, 
God still does that. They were probably singing and suddenly singing in, instead of singing in um, the Hebrew language, suddenly they've got other languages going on. They go, what? Holy dooly, what's going on here? If God gets a hold of your tongue, let him get a hold of your tongue. When you're seeking to be filled with the Spirit, if he chooses to do that, let him do it. And don't just sit there with your mouth shut because he's a miracle worker, but he can't open your mouth. (laughs) This is the song we're about to sing. Spirit sound, rushing wind, fire of God, fall within. Holy Ghost, breathe on us, we pray. The chorus says, pour your spirit out. So what have you learnt? Huh? Are we waiting for a big bucket in the sky? That'll have to go down now, friends, if we can get a couple of muscly people. Oh, no, we've got Sarah. That'll do. Thank you. Pour your spirit out. Remember, as you sing those words, he's within here. He has given all of the Holy Spirit totally to us. And that is the person of God who is living within your spirit now. Pour your spirit out from here. How I sing, how I speak, my attitude, everything about me, all my senses need to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the scriptures in the Living Bible translation say this, when the Holy Spirit controls your life, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. It's his work when the Holy Spirit controls. So today, friends, as we worship, I invite you to allow the Spirit the release that he is calling you to give. It's the release of the Spirit within you that will make the difference to the world. Not a new dose, not a new big bucket of Holy Spirit like he was a substance. He's not. He is the person of God. Awesome. Let's stand and sing together. If you want to ask God to be filling you with his spirit, even before Nikki Gumble tells you how this afternoon, that's okay. Just allow him the release from within you as you sing. Lord, fill me. I give you a spirit release. I give you a spirit permission to just flow from within my being. Whatever form he chooses to do, just be open. Don't come to him with a doctrinally tight mind or a denominational bias. God's not restricted by denominations or doctrinal statements. If he wants to do something that's going to make you feel a little embarrassed or a bit obvious, that's his business. It's our business to just turn him loose. You ever see those big balls when they turn them loose out of a rodeo chute? All power, all hell breaks loose. Well, I'm saying all heaven will break loose when the Holy Spirit is released from within our hearts. Let's seek that. Let's allow him that release today as we sing these words together.